Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of God's word in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say a good amen? amen. Alright, so we are in our series on history makers and world changers, path three. This is the third part. We're going to finish on Sunday. And I want to talk about dreaming with God today. Dreaming with God. Dreaming with God. Now, it's also very important that we take these lessons, take these messages, and listen to them again and again and again. Right? Form the habit of listening to messages. Form that habit. Especially uh, when you belong to a local church where the word of God is being taught, it's important that you form the habit of going over the messages again. Now, why should you go over the messages again? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, when you listen to a message, there are things you would have missed. You know, there are things you would have missed that you didn't probably hear that you would hear again that would help you. So, uh, form that habit of listening to the messages again. So, Listen to this one again, okay? Now, we're looking at dreaming with God. Come to Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Acts 2, 17. Here, Acts chapter 2 is the, the day of Pentecost. Alright, so Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. And... The Holy Spirit, we started talking about that. The Holy Spirit had come and upon the 120 people in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit had been poured forth. So, some people thought that the disciples were drunk. (laughs) And so Peter began to reply them. So Peter said, Verse 14, Acts chapter 2, verse 14, he says, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judah, and all you who live in Jerusalem, he says, Let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk. Now, when he talked about men, he was also referring to the women who were gathered there, right? As you suppose, for it's only the third hour of the day. Verse 16, that's where I want you to pay attention to. It says, but this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. So, Peter was saying that there was a prophecy that was given by the prophet Joel. And he says, that prophecy says... It shall be in the last days. Now, let me pause there to say 
Many times when you hear people preach, they say, we are in the last days. You will even hear some people say, we are in the last of the last day. <laughs> it's interesting. Because this was over 2,000 years ago, and Peter said that was the last day. That's over 2,000 years ago. And Peter said that was the last day. So we're not talking about the last day now, but let's go on. But you understand that, right? So right there was the last day. Because Peter said that the prophecy, what they were experiencing, praise God, was as a result of something that had been spoken before. So Peter said, And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. Now pay attention to the word of my spirit. That's very important. The spirit, the Holy Spirit is not different from God. Are you following this? The Holy Spirit, now I want you to follow this carefully. The Holy Spirit is not different from God. That is the spirit that came on you. And that is the spirit that resides in you. Now, pay close attention. It is that spirit that makes you a child of God. Now, if you are... If you're a child of your parents and maybe your parents were arguing <laughs> for some reason that you're not their child, because you know, some children that can be funny, they can just cause trouble for parents. You know, you know those children who will not resemble the father, who will not resemble the mother, right? And then they'll say, Ah, this one looks like our great grandfather in Ilefe. I'm like, how do you go and pick your great grandfather's face? You know, so if you are that kind of child that don't look like both of your parents, what do you think? your parents would use to identify you. What test would they do? What, what test would they do? I can't hear you. What test? A DNA test. Now, pay attention. A DNA test is not focused on the physical appearance. So even though a child might not look like their father and their mother, but However, they do the DNA test. I'm not a medical doctor. But when they do the DNA test, regardless of how you look, if this person is your father or your mother, you would have something from them. You'd have, you, do you understand that? Now, we all look different. Okay? So the image of God is not just our physical appearance. How do we know that we're the sons of God? The Spirit of God that lives in us. The Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, I'm going to take out of my spirit the same spirit that God possesses. That's why when Jesus was leaving the disciples, he told them, he said, I will bring another comforter. That word another in the Greek is alos parakletos. It means another of the same kind not another of different kind that right is like saying jesus was physical now he will become spirit 
And instead of walking side by side with you, he will be in you. He's the same kind. He's the same kind. I've told you, you've got to be God conscious. God conscious. So, he says, I'm going to take out of my spirit. So, what came on the day of Pentecost was not... It wasn't like God was sitting somewhere and God says, well, uh, let me send the Spirit. No, it's God. God poured forth in the Spirit form, in the Holy Spirit, upon those who waited in the upper room. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all my kind. Now, this is what's going to happen. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This tells us that prophesying is not just for the man of God. In fact, it did not say, I will pour out of my spirit upon all mankind and the man of God shall prophesy. It rather says that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Then he goes on to say, and your young men shall do what? I didn't hear that. Your young men shall do what? See visions. He didn't say, then your old men shall dream dreams. He didn't say, or oh, the visions would only be seen by a prophet. So your young people will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So I ask you something. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you, is he giving you visions? Are you young? <laughs> or you're not young? Talk to me. Are you young? So probably we've got one old man, right? <laughs> and, right? So even if you're old, what should you be seeing? Talk to me, church. What should you be seeing? Dreams. If you're young, what should you be seeing? Visions. So why are you not seeing visions? Why is it that the only visions you see is somebody chasing you? You're always running in the dream. You know, one day uh, a lady came to me. She said, Pastor, I'm always having this dream. They're always chasing me. They're always chasing me. I'm always running. So I said, so what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to pray for me. I said, pray that what will happen. He says that they will stop chasing me. I said, no, you don't need prayers. So she thought I was going to prescribe something stronger than prayers. So I said, next time when you dream tonight, when they start chasing you, I said, you're running in the wrong direction. I said, once you, once you start running in the dream, remember what I'm telling you right now. Turn around and chase them. You are running in the wrong direction. You shouldn't be the one running. They should be the one running. You just turn around and chase them. That's how that dream stops. You know, because there are pastors who are looking for work that God has not sent them. Oh, you ate in the dream. Say, I ate in the dream. So what should we do now? 
See, every time I eat in the dream, you know something happens. No, when people finish eating, they drink water. And they continue their life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are conscious of evil, you never walk in the freedom that God has given to you. Why is it that they, when they kill you in the dream, you believe and you pray? And you had a car in the dream. You don't go to the car shop the next day. Your mind is more trained to believe that evil will come to pass faster than good things. Are you hearing this? Come on, are you with me? Are you with me? Do you realize right now that if you dream a very bad dream, you wake up, you start binding and losing? Come on, talk to me now. Hey, come on, talk to me, talk to me. I need to hear you talk. Right? Do we agree? Is that what happens? Yeah. You dream a very bad dream, maybe you, and they cut your right toe off. <laughs> you just get up, look at your toe, say, in Jesus' name, nobody will take my toe, in Jesus' name. You know, you do all that. But if you dream that you bought a car, it will not cross your mind to go to the car shop the next morning. Because you know why? In your mind, ah, in this economy, ah, I cannot buy a car. So you see that you have been trained to believe that evil will come to pass quickly. So you need to retrain your mind. You need to retrain. Are you following me? What I'm teaching you now is very important. You need to retrain your mind that the good dreams you dream will come to pass quickly. So you dream that you bought a car. The next day, go to a car shop. That shows your faith that that dream will come to pass. See, if you train yourself like that, when you dream evil dreams, you might not even pay attention to them anymore. Are you still here? All right. So let's look at this. It says, Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. What visions is God talking about here? I'm talking about dreaming with God. You see, there are visions and dreams in the mind of God that he wants accomplished on the earth. But the only way to get it to the earth is to pass it through men. Young men, old men, we'll just use men. So, what appears like a casual dream to you might be something that God really wants to get done on the earth. So, let me show you an example. Are you still here? Come with me to Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5. Praise God. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This was Joseph. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5. Then um, Joseph had a dream. Now, understand this. Let me show you something. Joseph was 17 years old when he had his first dream. In fact, Joseph, from studies, began to govern Egypt at about 30 years thereabouts between that age range you would realize that Egypt of that day was like well I know there are political controversies I, I saw one of our somebody who was very good with politics there are people who are politicians so I wanted to make a statement but I will make it I wanted to say US as world power okay but I know there are political some people will say it's China. Some people will say it's Ukraine. The only thing is that be concerned about the things that concern you. Okay? <laughs> Don't be overly concerned. So let's assume that U.S. is the world power. It's like 
when Joseph was the prime minister, it's like Joseph at the age of 30 thereabout becoming the prime minister of the United States. I want you to think. I want you to think. Think about this. Think about what God could entrust to a young man at 30. Let's, let's assume let's assume 30. Now, I want you to do a math. Don't do it here. Go home and do it. I want you to do a math. Subtract your age from 30, whatever age you are, below or above. So if you are 29, ask yourself if in the next one year the economy of a local government can be entrusted to your hands. Do you have that capacity? Don't only see how Joseph ran away from fornication. See how he governed the nation. All the disciples of Jesus, apart from Peter, Peter was a bit older, all the disciples of Jesus were in their teenage years. The disciples of Jesus, Matthew, uh, Bartholomew, all of those guys, they were between 17, 18, 19, thereabouts. Even Jesus who died for the world, died at 33 and a half years. Stop using Abraham as an example. You know, we always say, he's not too old. God called Abraham at 75. What will you be doing from now to 75 before God will call you? You see, don't make excuse why your life should be wasted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I, I, I want you to understand something. I'm not saying God cannot use someone older, but we're looking at scriptures. Why is it that every time God wants to initiate something, he used people who are younger? In fact, if you study the, our, our, the, the history of Nigeria, you would realize that the first set of leaders we had that fought for independence were in their 30s. The Diagons, the Awolo Wars, the um, Show Shagaris, and all of those people. The only thing is that by the time most of them got there, they refused to step down and they recycled themselves. God always, why is it that God puts dreams in the hearts of young people? Because at that stage of your life, you're ready to take risk and adventure with God. I know some of you can't wait to get married, but ask married people how many adventures they can take. You know, sometimes I'm traveling out of the country and my daughter is crying and I'm torn between, should I leave? You know, if, if I wasn't married, I won't, I won't even bother. He was 17 years old. Then Joseph had a dream. And when he told this to his brothers, they hated him even more. Don't always believe that dreams in your heart excite people. And you know the reason why? It's very simple. People like mediocrity. People like mediocrity. You see, people will never challenge you until you say you're going to build something that's not mediocre. People like mediocrity. I remember when I wanted to get married. I got married very early. I got married at 24. And uh, I went to meet one of my uncles. I said, I wanted to get married. The man said, where are you rushing to? What is wrong with you? Ah, you're too young to get married. So I said, okay, no problem. So I told, I told him something. 
well, I wanted to get into ministry. I wanted to get all that sorted. So I told him something. I said, uh, can I ask you a question? He said, yes, quiet, quiet. So I said, if I had come in here now and I brought a girl and she was pregnant and I said, oh, uncle, I'm sorry. You know, I got this girl pregnant. Do you know what? So I said, what would you have said? He didn't say anything. But he knew where I was going. Because you know what he would have said? How many of you know what? How many of you think you know what he would have said? He would have said, if you wanted to marry, will you not have come to tell us instead of going to... Do, do you get the point? So, you see, that sometimes it's not that what you want to do, you cannot. It's just that sometimes people do not believe in you enough. And that's what you take on. So you take it on. You take their unbelief into what you know God is putting in your heart. What happened? He told them the dream and they hated him. Okay. They didn't love him. So I'll, I'll say this to you, right? History makers are world changers sometimes are not loved. Even by people close to them. If you're looking for love, you can't change the world. Right? If you're looking for acceptance, you can't change the world. And you know the reason why so many young people cannot serve God? They are looking for love amongst people who are not willing to serve God. Right? So your friends see you carry a Bible. And they say, what is that in your hand? He says, ah, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's my pastor that says I should just bring it to. <laughs> you know, it's my pastor. It's my pastor. They say, ah, why are you carrying it to church? Right? Or they ask you, where are you going to? Is your church there? I say, no, no, no. Behind that boutique, there is a tailoring shop. I just want to go and measure my side. Why are you ashamed? And I ask people, why is it that people who commit evil are not ashamed and righteous people are ashamed? People commit evil in broad daylight. They are not ashamed. But you that is doing something right, you are ashamed. I've never been ashamed of being a pastor. Never been ashamed. That's how I introduced myself. That's the truth. Are you still here? You see, you can't change who God has made you. Why don't you align with the dream God has put in your heart? Align with it. Flow with the things God is putting in your heart. Now, let's go on. Wow, time runs a lot on Thursdays. Are you still here? So he told the dream to his brothers. Now he related it to his fathers also. Verse 11, his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. So, you know Joseph had another dream, okay? So he dreamt twice. But the dream, that's why sometimes when you have dreams in your heart, you have to trust God for the right mentor, the right people to come to help you interpret that dream, to help you fulfill that dream. That's where mentoring comes in. Now, when, you know the story of Joseph, when his brothers came and all of that happened, Joseph said something to his brothers. Look at Genesis 45 and verse 7. Remember, his brothers were now hungry. <laughs> and uh, Genesis 45 verse 7, you know, if it was today, oh boy, and uh, God had made you a ruler, a president, and your brothers who sold you, 
came to buy food. You use them to share testimonies. All of you line up here. <laughs> Say, you people thought you would kill me. My God has disappointed. The God of this commission has disappointed you before. <laughs> oh boy. You know, don't ever pray that God will do something in your life because you want to show off to people that God has blessed you. It's not a biblical prayer. See, God can bless you in spite of anything. You know when people pray, oh God, do this thing in my life so that, you, so that people will know that you are God. If he doesn't do it, he's still God. He's not God because of what he's going to do. He's God because he's God. Are you hearing this? And let me tell you this. Nobody can stop your blessing except you. Always walk with that consciousness in life. As I'm here now, I can't have an enemy. No man is big enough to be my enemy. You know why? God has given me every tool required for victory. Every tool. Except I'm not deploying it. Except I'm not using it. You know what the Bible says? It says if a man's way pleases the Lord, what's going to happen? It says even your enemies will be at peace with you. So you focus on your ways pleasing the Lord. There's no church stopping our church from growing. You know why? There are a lot of people in this, in this city on Sunday who don't go to church. So the question we should ask ourselves is why are we not reaching them? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Every time you put your success on somebody else's hand, you're bound to fail. Oh, if this one does this, this will happen. Mm, mm, mm. Everything God wants you to be, it's in you already. Praise God. Okay, so what did he say in Genesis 45 verse 7? It says... Um, can we read from verse 6 for the famine has been in the land these two years and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting talking about the seven years of famine the seven years of famine look at what it says God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by great deliverance hey hey Hey, pay attention. Pay attention to that. Joseph had a dream. And it was like one of those casual dreams that a 17-year-old would have. He told his brothers about it. They got mad. He told his father about it. And his brother said, you know what's going to happen? We will sell this boy. And they sold him. They thought they were killing him. Do you know how Joseph says that? Joseph says, you know what, guys? God sent me ahead of you to preserve you and to keep you alive by great deliverance. You know what Joseph was trying to say? That dream I had at 17, I was dreaming with God. So my life is a fulfillment of God's dream. So let me backtrack and let me show you what this means. God had a plan for the children of Israel. That they will not die by famine because he's got a covenant with Abraham. Now, a famine was going to come seven years down the line. And I'm going to show you because David talks about it. A famine is going to come seven years down the line. You know what God does? God, remember how we started the series? God works in men, through men. God says, who am I going to use to keep the whole of Israel from perishing God looks around, sees a 17-year-old boy, 
and puts a dream in his heart. And while Joseph was walking that dream out that looked like a casual dream he had in the night, Joseph was actually walking God's dream. You know why preparation com- comes in? If Joseph had slept with Potiphar's wife, he would have short-circuited that. So you see, when you're conscious that you're living God's dream, sin no longer entices you. Because you know what? When you sin, it's not just for yourself. Remember that you're living God's dream. Remember, right, that there are people depending on you. Remember that people that are going to be kept alive are dependent on you today. So as you're sitting here in church this evening, what's the dream that God is walking through you? What's the dream? What is it that God wants to do in this city that is going to be through you? Is it teenage meetings? Is it getting the church filled? There's some of you here that are seated here and God is giving you just the grace to reach out to people. That's working with God. To own companies, to build firms, to start stuff. And do you know why I believe in what we're doing in this city? Because I'm walking God's dream. It's not just that, you know, our church needs to have six branches. So, uh, where do we go to? Okay, but let's start. No, 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 no. This is God's dream. I'm walking the dream. I'm walking the dream. And when you're part of this church, you see yourself as part of God's dream for the city. Do you remember, do, have you observed that every time I teach you here, I talk about the city, the city, the city. Because I don't want us to just look at ourselves here we just want to have a good time no i want us to come to the time in this city where we will make some tangible impact in the life of young people in the life of young girls in the life of teenage girls are you hearing what i'm saying where we will make impact feed the hungry clothe the naked and just impact the city if not we can just be limited to gathering and that's it we just have a nice time and that's it so We see that God's dream was being fulfilled. So God had a dream, but he had to walk through Joseph. Now, look at how David puts it. Come with me to Psalm 105, verse 16. Say amen if you're here. All right. Are you learning something tonight? All right. Psalm 100 and... Where did I say you should turn to? Psalm 105, verse 16. Okay. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, everybody say, I'm living God's dream. Say it one more time. Say it bold and clear. I'm living God's dream. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You must learn to be bold with your confessions. Praise God. You must learn to be bold. One of the things the Holy Ghost does in you is the ability for you to prophesy. And to prophesy, <laughs> to prophesy, you know, some of us came from churches where if somebody wants to prophesy, you know, the ushers will be running around the person, they will hold, hold the person scared, chairs will be scattered, you hear a lot of cries, you know, ushers will be running here, that's scattered, and pastor will say, hold her, hold her, hold her, hold her. They hear my people, I'm with you. I'm like, you're not serious. Is it just because of I'm with you that you have put all of us through this stress? No. The greatest. <laughs> 
the greatest prophecy is to speak about your future from the word of God. Learn to prophesy about your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Before you desire to prophesy over people, prophesy over your life. You know, sometimes we, we can like to speak words over people. Speak word over your life. You know, sometimes we can like to, you know, we want to, I want to prophesy over you. I want to speak word over you. I want to impact you. Use it for yourself. The first person you need to prophesy over by the Holy Spirit is what? Yourself, your finance, your life. Speak words. Speak words. Glory to God. Learn to make declarations over your life consistently that are framed in the word of God. By God's word. Be diligent with it. Are you hearing this? Like I always tell you here, always say to yourself, nothing dies in my hands. Whatever comes into my hands grows and multiplies. Whatsoever I do prosper. Always say that over yourself. And I've told you, if you're a member of this church and I'm your pastor, you don't talk scarcity. Right? You don't look at the naira and the dollar and that's in your confession. That's what you're going to get. And you know, there is an anger that comes on your life when you see people prospering and you are doing badly. Because in a way, you feel everybody should suffer like you. But it's your choice. And but are you not seeing what is going on in the economy? No, I'm not seeing it. It's not that I'm denying what's going on, but I'm denying its power over my life. Because everything that God told me to do this year, God knew how the economy was going to be, and He factored that in the provision. Praise God. Are you still here? All right, so verse what now? I said verse what? Verse 16, Psalm 105. And he called for a famine upon the land, talking about God. He broke the whole staff of bread. He's talking about the economy of Egypt. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with feathers. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of peoples and set him free. He made him lord over his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his princes at will that he might teach his elders wisdom. Look at how God describes Joseph. He says, there was a man that God sent. That word, come back with me. Come to verse 19. The Bible says, "Until until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. That word that the Bible says came to pass was actually that vision. That vision here. That was the word. Carried in his spirit. And I like this. He says the word tested him. You know when we're preaching history makers and world changers is a nice series. But living it is not nice. Your vision is going to test you. Some of us quit too early. Some of us get easily discouraged. Every small thing we're crying. Any little thing we're crying. Every small thing. Oh why is my life like this? That's why you should rearrange it. You know you you hear people say oh why me? Who should it be me? Oh, 
oh why is my life not moving forward move it it's your life don't be asking don't ask stupid questions oh why me lord okay who should it be oh why is my life like this set it right you have the word of god you can pray the scripture says is any afflicted let him pray how can you watch your life degenerate how can you watch things destroy in your hands you see the day you want change is the day you will change are you still here come on talk to me are you still here the vision that god wants to come to pass now let me say a few things here praise god so god had this vision for joseph for egypt and god sent joseph so what vision does god have for your business what vision does god have for the society what vision does god have for the city what vision does god have for the world and are you ready for that that's why you can't be careless with your life because you're carrying destiny on the inside of you you see why do i emphasize come to church come and learn god's word is so we can feed your spirit with these things i don't just want you to play religion here i don't just want you to you know oh we just have a nice church that's not it you are a history maker and a world changer and you should see yourself like that hallelujah i said hallelujah are you still here say amen if you're here all right let's go to now somebody says um but pastor god has not given me any dream let me tell you how to get God dreams. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. How if God didn't show you a revelation. How can you get a revelation from his word? Daniel 9 2. We can start reading from verse 1 actually. It says in the first year of Darius the son of Ahasuerus. Of Median descent. Who was made king over the kingdom of Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign. I, Daniel, observed in the books. Remember this. The number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. For the completion of the desolations of Jeremiah. Namely 70 years. So I gave my words. Everybody, I want to hear that loud and clear. I gave my word. I didn't hear that. I gave my word. Know that word. Loud and clear. I gave my word. Attention to the Lord God. To seek him by prayer, supplications, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. You know what happened? Daniel was reading. He was reading a book. Right. He was reading something written by the prophet Jeremiah. And the prophet Jeremiah said, The children of Israel will be in captivity for 70 years. And it was 70 years already. Daniel said, This word will come to pass. So he gave his attention to God. How do you get a God-given vision? Find out what's already written in the word. And give your attention to God for that. God might not show you everything. How did Alexander Dewey break out into the healing ministry? His sisters were sick. People were sick all over. And one day, he was reading the Bible. Came to Acts 10, 36. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. He saw that. And he said, God, healing is your will. And bam, that broke out a healing ministry. Most of us have seen things in the word that we want to see manifest. 
but we don't give our attention to God enough. Let me tell you how strong this attention is. When the king came and says nobody should pray, you know what Daniel did? He still prayed. So when there's something you've seen in the word that you want to see manifest on the earth, regardless of the distraction, you know some of you are students, maybe you told yourself, I want God to use me to change this campus, you know, especially when you get into campus new, right? And you see all the godlessness, you know, some people, some people are just waiting to get to campus to misbehave iniquity. They are just waiting, just say, don't worry. That's why they take any subject without even factoring their destiny. Say, what will you study? Is there a um, head of fish technology? Say, just give me. Let me just leave the house. Because you just want to be free. So you get in the campus. And you're like, oh God, these girls. Oh, Father, revival. Because you're in 100 level. You have four subjects. By the time you get into 200 level, eight subjects, elective, you have had one carryover. You forget revival. You're just looking for how to read at night. Do you understand? Even the people you were praying revival for are the ones you are now meeting to help you. <laughs> you, you say, I know, I know, I know this girl is a wrong girl, but ah, who am I to judge her? Who am I? If God is not condemned, you see, you are no longer giving your attention. Why is it that many people are not history makers and world changers? They are distracted. You know, you can be very passionate about changing the world. And then, there's no job. Then you throw away vision, throw away dream. You start hustling. Before you know, all your prayers have moved for Lord, touch the world. So God bless my hustle. God bless my hustle. Before you know, you've gone in. Because the enemy will not stand by and fold his hands and watch you to be a world changer. Because your life, remember, your life is going to keep many people alive. You know why we're here today? Because I'm here. That's it. And you know it, I mean, it's sacrifice. It's not easy. You know, I said, my brother who dropped me off um, Sunday after service, I wanted to cross over. And I got to the boat station at about 11.45 after service, just hurriedly parked, went to the boat station at 11.45 and they had all these issues and all these issues and all these issues and all these issues. We didn't leave until like 5.30. I didn't get to Bonio until like 7. That's like 8 hours just waiting. And then I had to come this morning again. Do you think if it's not God's dream? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying? What I'm trying to say is the Bible says the word tested him. So I'm not preaching a fairy tale message. This message will test you if you want to be a world changer. Nobody becomes a world changer without trials, even Jesus. We have preached a message that makes it look like the world is soft. And when Christians come into these tribulations, they don't even understand. Some people think they are under generational curses. Listen, if you were Joseph in today's church, they would have called for his deliverance. Say, what is wrong with you? Only you, your brother sold you. Now, you know, they will say Joseph has near success syndrome. The, 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 the interesting names I've had, demons had, in this country, I feel you know one, one person met me one time say, I think I have near success syndrome demon. I say, Wow, near success syndrome demon. So maybe we'll call it NSSD. All right. Okay. So for short form, 
Now, what does that mean? He says, every time something one good wants to come, it will just scatter. I said, wow. So, you know what I told him? I said, everybody in this life experienced that. There's none of us seated here. Oh, is anybody here where you're close to something good just want to happen? And bam, it doesn't happen. See, we all experience that. You know why we all experience that? Because sometimes the things that are good that wants to happen, other human beings are in control of the other end. So maybe somebody promises you money, and the money he is also promising you is based on the money he's expecting. So you are the third on the chain of that money. The first guy is also expecting. Do you understand? So one, one failure in that person's money. You see that 90 people have experienced near success syndrome. It's called the ripple effect of trust in man. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, you know, it says, you will see good. You say, but you're not experiencing it. Why? Trust in man. Because that ripple effect, bam, 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 bam. So what I'm trying to say is, if it's today's church, Joseph would have been put on deliverance service. They said, ah, why is it only you? They gave you work. The woman now likes you. Are there no other slave in the house? What is it? There's a spirit following you from your father's house. No. It's the vision that the enemy is fighting. It's the strength that the enemy is fighting. You see, the devil will discourage us not to pursue God's dream. But if we know what's at, what's at the other side of the dream, that people's life depend on it. If we know as a church... There are hundreds of young people who need to hear the message you're hearing this evening. It will stir our hearts to go all out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are teenagers who need to hear the word. It will stir our hearts to go all out. Praise God. One more scripture and then we close. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. I can hear you say amen if you're here. Alright. Isaiah 58 verse 12. We'll continue from here on Sunday. Thank you Lord Jesus. Isaiah 58 verse 12. He says, and those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations. He says, you will be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell in. He says, those from among you. Those from among you. God wants us to be the repairer of the beaches. Now, and I start talking about this on Sunday. Rebuilding the ancient ruins. There are several areas in our lives that God wants us to be effective. I don't want you to live a low life. Don't live a low impact life. We can start something. If young people can start courts in school, why can't you start a fellowship? Why will people with evil agenda be far bolder than you are? Hmm? <laughs> One day I talked to a young man. He said, Pastor, I'm an introvert. I don't know how to talk. I'm just on by my own. So, interestingly, I'd overheard him talking to someone. He had a girlfriend. So I said, Do you have a girlfriend? He said, uh, yes, sir. Uh, but you know how people deceive themselves. So he said, hey, but uh, is the person I'm planning to marry? I said, I didn't ask you the second question. I just asked you one question. So I asked him a very simple question. 
You say you're an introvert. He said, yes. You don't really like to talk. He said, yes. You keep to yourself. Yes. I said, in your introvert state, you don't really like to talk. In keeping to yourself, you were able to convince another human being to say yes to you. I said, what you do is the way you convince this one. That is how you convince many. Use the same method. You don't have to become an extrovert to be an evangelist. Continue just the way you have one girlfriend. Now, use that same method and reach people for Christ. See, never give yourself an excuse. Your personality is not an excuse not to be a history maker and a world changer. If God wanted all of us to be extroverts, he would have created us that way. But the way God creates you, if you decide in your heart that you're going to be a history maker and a world changer, you know, the Lord will grant you that grace. Amen. Can we stand on our faith? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray for a moment. Turn on my second mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, ratos, kedavash, kedemonza, prateshka. Just take some two minutes and begin to pray. Oh, hallelujah. Take some two minutes and begin to pray. Pray for yourself. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We honor you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for this revelation. Lift up your voice and pray. Let me hear you pray. Oh, we thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, we give you praise and glory. Yes, make up your mind today. Lord, I decide that I'll be a history maker and a world changer. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I'll be a history maker and a world changer. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Yes, pray, pray. Every area that is a struggle to you today, why don't you ask the Lord to help you? Why don't you ask the Lord to help you? Why don't you ask the Lord to help you? Any area that has a struggle to you, ask him to help you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask the Lord to help you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Lord, I want to be a history maker and a world changer. Let the dreams that you're putting in my heart begin to come to pass. Let the dreams you're putting in my heart begin to reflect. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you say a loud amen? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.